Hello, hello. This is the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast, and we're back to chat a win. We're brought to you by 121 Media and MGA. As always, my name is Sean Peterbudge, and I am joined by DU's Dean of Students, Captain of the Swim Team, Triple Black Belt, Master of Martial Arts, Timbo Slice. Sean, how are you? Don't take my question, Tim. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm really good. I'm uh, had a really, really busy day yesterday, oh. but um, and and as a result, trying to juggle everything, it meant I could only go to the footy for the first half. That's funny because I was coming from the Box Hill game, so I missed basically the first quarter. <laughs> so put the two of us together, we are covered. So, um, but no, look, it was um, I. I got to watch the wrong half mm. as as it turned out. Um, but uh, but it was sort of good to get the feel and know where we're at and what we needed to do and the way we were structuring up with an extra couple of players that hadn't been in the first 22 for a while. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And obviously getting the win is nice. Being able to sit back and watch Toby Green play <laughs> it can never not be entertaining. He is, um, it's everything it, <laughs> all at once. It's everything you fear it might be for better or worse. Exactly right. He's and, a lunatic madman. It's exactly what he is. And I tell you what, he was. If, if all you had to do was follow Toby Green in every game of footy he played, you would be having a ball. There was a, a documentary made years and years and years ago. I can't remember what it was called, but it was um, some ridiculous number of cameras tracked Zinedine Zidane yep. during a game, and they were just solely focused on him. And they would played along with classical music and it was this really beautiful sort of artistic piece and you kind of went, yeah, like I get it. He's this beautiful, fluid player. Toby is absolutely not that necessarily. (laughs) However, if you just had like 15 cameras at various points in the stadium tracking Toby at all times, it'd be dangerous for him (laughs) because he would almost certainly be reported. However, it would be this really fascinating like portrait of this lunatic He's I want a to hear very the, good footballer. I want to hear the soundtrack to Toby Green. It'd be absolutely It'd be, it certainly wouldn't be melodic classical music. <laughs> no. It'd be like Ramstein or something. <laughs> yes. um, well, that's excellent to hear, Timbo. I liked you, your, your passion to go to the game, even though you knew you could only watch a half. And, and the other thing is I was already in the city. So okay. if, if I was at home, I probably wouldn't have gone in for a half. But a because I was there, it just sort of made sense. So It's a big, big, big commitment. Yeah, the best of both worlds it was. Absolutely. Now, the big Fubba Ganoush isn't here. He's sadly too unwell to take his place on the team sheet. Uh, without going into it, if we were submitting the team sheet, he'd be out with a bleeding anus. Uh, but the good news for your listeners here is that um, without Fubba Ganoush on deck, uh, I've got free reign to hang shit on him um, without him having any right of reply. So you win some, you lose some. But uh, I'll tell you what. Old Don Fabian's got some acolytes online. They came for me for muting him last week. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't actually see that. There's a lot of people that came for me for muting his microphone. Um, he is a loved man. That shocks me. Fabaganush. These people don't know him. Um, <laughs> but they came for me. And I will say this, though. The big man, he needs your love. I don't know about you, Timbo. I feel like he's in a bit of a funk at the moment. Yeah, no, he was... Uh, you could sort of... Health notwithstanding. Health yeah. is compounding issues. But I feel like... He's just, he's just in a little bit of a rut. I don't know that he's in a rut. It feels to me like he's in a he's in a rut. He's in a funk, and uh, so send him some messages, bombard his inbox, um, give get, him some love. Get his tweet numbers up. Well, it's so funny you say that because send him your well wishes because, like we say, I think he needs them. But he sent me a message last night. I'm sitting there. I'm doing. I don't know what I was doing. 
I think I was riding the Box Hill Match Report or something. And he sends me a message. I was probably dueling with Collingwood fans as well. Yes, that too. We'll, we'll, be, we'll talk about that later. Um, but he sent me a message. He said, quote, why do you never like or acknowledge my tweets? Double question mark. So urgently needs that answered. It's odd, full stop. I explained why. I said that, well, during a game, generally I'm pretty busy. I'm taking notes for the podcast. I am tweeting along. I really only see tweets that maybe address us directly. They're in our mentions. So him just having a stream of consciousness thought that's on Twitter, I'm probably not going to see it. Yep. You know, don't take offense to it. He still considered it weird and didn't accept that explanation. But I've got some news for you all. <laughs> I have put a tweet alert on Fabiano underscore G7. Really? So if any of our listeners aren't following Fabian currently, you don't need to because you'll, you'll be basically following him because I'm going to be liking and retweeting every single thing he sends <laughs> out from now on. So I'm not going to miss a single letter that comes from his handset from now on, and I'm prepared to extend that and to send that out to everyone else. So it could be some weird shit. There's probably going to be a lot of stuff about the Sopranos. There'll probably be some weird stuff about... You know, uh, Roberto Baggio. There'll probably be some really strange... One of the most underrated players of all time, what apparently, a, what today. What an extraordinary <laughs> comment. Forgotten player. Didn't he win, like, th- two or three Ballon d'Ors? Yeah, exactly. What a fucking weird comment that was. But that's that's the sort of... We said Tony Toby Green. That's the sort of lunacy you're going to be exposed <laughs> to, for better or for worse. So, um, shout out to Fabaganoush. Get well, get well soon. People, send him some uh, love. DM him. Definitely. And look out for his tweets because you're going to be seeing, I was going to say a lot of them, but he doesn't really send a lot of tweets. But you'll see those that he does send because I'll retweet them. Excellent. Um, review time now. Another review. As we say, easiest way to get a like on the podcast. Um, Bagger 108. The pod temperature and intensity lifted last week. Drama, studio walkouts and dummy spits <laughs> among the forensic game analysis. Well done, lads. A great listen each week. Go Blues. Thumbs up. Thank you very much for that bagger 108. Um, we really do appreciate the, uh, the the reviews and they they certainly help us. So if you haven't left us a review, you don't have to leave us a written review, but if you just rate the podcast wherever you listen to it, that helps us get some traction. Uh, Prenda DJ, uh, last week it was um, Back to School, of course, by uh, Judd Cole, I believe his name was. Um, Glenn Jett and uh, Leonard Puglia, they both got it on the nose. We were given a football lesson by a very seasoned, experienced Cats outfit. So back to school we go. Um, I assume this relates to taking good learnings from our loss against Geelong and then using them in future against them, hopefully in finals. Prenda DJ, very well done to those two. Of course, hashtag Prenda DJ to guess. The, uh, I like actually Matt here, Lenjet. He's just double, double parked himself. with the, He wasn't too sure if it was Prenda A or Prenda ER. So he's gone with both. Gotcha. So Prenda ER. DJ. Um, excellent stuff. And just by the way, Timbo, can we bring back the good old days of the movie soundtrack title track tie-in? That used to be a staple. Yeah, absolutely. Of the title track at the credits, yep. usually at the opening credits as well. Yep. But at the end credits, title track sees you out the cinema, maybe down to the record store to buy the CD. Absolutely. What a time it used to be. What about one of my favourite examples of this uh, Huey Lewis on the news, of course, did the yeah, um, yeah. the power of love for Back to the Future um, when the producers Bob Gale and Co and the and the, uh, the studio got the power of love and listened to it. I think they were like, "Yeah, this is a good track." It has fucking nothing to do with time travel. Correct. It doesn't even mention the name of the movie. Yep. Huey, you've taken our money and fucked off. What is this about? And they basically demanded he do another song 
so we did back in time. Wow. <laughs> so it just makes me wonder. He he dead set had power of love sitting them just sitting them around. Yep. Yep. I was going to say on his computer. It was yep. 1985. <laughs> he had dead set had power of love sitting in a cupboard. This will do. And he goes, "This was fine." He goes, "I'll give it a week and a half." Yep. And then I'll just send it back and go, "This is what I've got for you." Yep. Yeah, it's good. It's a poppy radio song. They'll love it. Quite rightly, they said this has nothing to do with the movie we've made. It doesn't even mention the movie in the title. It's just a Huey Lewis song. Yeah. And he was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> They've seen through my ruse. <laughs> They've gotten me, don't you? So anyway, he went away and did uh, Back in Time, which, again, I mean, it's closer to the brief. Yep. It's not exactly, I think, what the brief needs to be. Just call the song Back to the Future. Yep, yep. Anyway, that's, I, I just love that. It's just classic, like, 80s nonsense. <laughs> but the oh. good thing was, it was um, like the power of love. In the end, was a a cracking song, and is uh, and, and probably would have done well on its own anyway. But being linked to that movie, it was and it's always a risk. I mean, there's the famous so like back in the day too, and I'm sure this was the, the case with um, Back to the Future. Certainly was with Top Gun and other movies. You actually had to sign the song over. Yep. So yep. you basically forfeited. You would receive a royalty yep. and whatnot, but you basically forfeited the track. So that meant that, if you think about it, albums at that stage aren't really movie albums, soundtracks, aren't a huge deal. Yep. They would become a very big deal, arguably off the back of something like Top Gun. Yep. But you basically had to sign the song over. And for some artists, they were probably going, hmm, why don't I just keep this song for my album? Yep. Because this soundtrack album, this film could be terrible. The soundtrack might sell two units. And I put in a good song on it, which and, I then can't, lost it forever. Which I then can't use on anything for however many years. Well, I'd love to know how the cocktail album oh. went because it was a song. It was an album that had some serious songs on All it. All killer, no filler. Well, that's it. And, uh, and but, what a movie! That's a shout out to podcast OGs. We yes. used to we used to wax about cocktail well back in the day. Cocktails and dreams. Blink, blink, blinkity, blink. Flanagan's. <laughs> what a film. Good film. What a bizarre movie for Tom Cruise to do in 1988. Well, and and it's so random in what it is, as if to say the barman is the centre of the universe. It's What I love too is that somebody pitched that movie to Tom Cruise, yeah. up and coming, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, young guy, he's the guy you want in your movie. He agreed to do it inexplicably. Yeah. There yep. would have been somebody involved in that production who they picked up the phone, like say we're the producers, and I pick up the phone to tell you, fucking Timbo, you're never going to believe it. Tom Cruise said yes. We got Tom Cruise. <laughs> You'll be able to... And you'd be going, how? Has he read the script? No, no really, what happened? <laughs> he's, he's read the script, yeah. But uh, shout out to Cocktail. Watch it if you haven't. Watch it again if you have. Um, some odds and ends, Timbo. I found myself in another Twitter feud. I must say, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I cringe a little mm-hmm. and other times I sit back and I watch every punch being thrown and you parrying as you go. And I must say, I loved it because usually you're the guy that won't back down and you're probably wrong. This time you will bang on and none it's of a, these... It's Colling- a refreshing change of pace. <laughs> none of these Collingwood Nuffies could actually say, yeah, we've been really, really lucky and we probably shouldn't have won. As- and, and I don't think we're that good. But they're all like I think they and all was think that the they're going to win the flag. I was, oh, giving them, I was giving them the out at all times, going enjoy it. Yeah, yeah and you're saying it. you're doing great. It's amazing. You it's know? unprecedented yeah. what you're doing. It's never been seen before. Yeah, yeah. and they just they just didn't. We'll have it. none of that. No, what? <laughs> um, so 
Collingwood fans again, clearly, and, and I love it so much. And apparently I'm salty because they beat Essendon, and, and as everyone knows, I love Essendon. So <laughs> Exactly right. Um, no, no, I'm just, look, I'm just enjoying their really fluky nonsense as much as everyone. Yep. Because as we said before, I think in the great tradition of all of our favourite Collingwood teams, they're just not good enough. Yep. And when push comes to shove and it really, really matters, they're going to be revealed as not good enough. But but how can they not be just reveling in it and just loving every... The like, great what, escapes. What, and, whatever you get out of the season, like don't, don't pretend you're something that you're not. Just soak up what they're giving you well, for had, as long as they give it. If you give think it about you. it, in the last... Nine, they're nine in a row. They've had five of the most extraordinary last gasp, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat wins. Been amazing. Been amazing. In nine weeks. Yeah. Sometimes you see five of those in the course of five years. That's it. Exactly and you, right. you live the ups and downs and you, you revel in the, the great escape as you're walking from the ground. It's fantastic. They're having it every second week. They are. If you know that's how you're going to win a game of football, which they sure as shit almost know as a certainty <laughs> when they're walking into the venue at the moment... That's how you want to win. Yeah, absolutely. Like that ride. Like we always we always laugh about you know the time that Fabian switched the television off before um, Jack uh, Jack Newton's got a, the free kick downfield from Sam Doherty to take his shot at Frio. That's the most Fabian thing of all time. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'm but, surprised he wasn't watching it on like a 45 minute delay. <laughs> but can you like imagine having that every second week? And and that's largely what they've been given, and it's sort of like. You just have to revel in that. But yeah, you, you might not have. You might not enjoy a 10-week span of football as much as this. For another 25 years. It's, 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 and or whatever. And, and Swamp Thing was really great when he, he put the tweet out where he said their aggregate winning margin in the last eight weeks is 66 points, which is 26 points fewer than the next best. Wow. Going, what they're doing is it's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. a statistical anomaly, and that's what I was telling all these nuffies. Um, so to any Pies They're fans, very big words, though. Very. <laughs> Unprecedented statistic, <laughs> statistical anomaly. That's going to blow a few minds. To any Pies fans who are listening, it's just an opinion. Yeah, correct. Like, and far from an incendiary one, I didn't think it was all that controversial to say that Craig McRae's flying by the seat of his pants, but here we are. You know, save your angst and your outrage for something a little bit tastier than that. You'll probably only have to wait a couple of weeks if yep. you follow us. Um but it did. I was trying to think of you know when you so all this thing happens and these idiots are replying and coming for me all day, and I was trying to think of this line from a movie that I kind of like. I don't know if you have it, but you're like, well, what was that movie? What was the line that kind of perfectly sums the situation up and how I feel? Yeah. And I, in a moment of just pure like just consciousness, I, I came to me as I was doing something else. I may have been on the toilet, and um, <laughs> but there wasn't an earthquake. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. But it was a wonderful scene from uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is a very, very good movie. Um, so Jeremy Renner's Brand and Alec Baldwin's Hunley are in front of this subcommittee. And it's this really cool – it's actually a really well-done scene because it's basically expositional. So for anyone who hasn't seen any of the other movies, it's this nice little scene introducing what, what is the impossible mission force, what, what's, you know, what's the IMF, what have they been doing, and Alec Baldwin's sort of chastising Brand, you blew up the Kremlin and you've, you know – this missile nearly hit the um, the uh, is it the coit the tower in San Francisco. It glanced off it. So he goes, yeah, he goes, yes, yeah, you are successful, but you're really flying close to the wind, <laughs> sailing close to the wind here. And it's this really beautiful scene detailing what the IMF is. They chance their arm a bit, but they get away with it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the head of this subcommittee like casts his verdict, 
and I was I thought it was Alec Baldwin's character who said it, but when I found the quote, I was like, it's brilliant. So basically, here's this is I don't even know what the character's name is, but this is this man describing the IMF, and this is how I describe Collingwood's 2022. Oh, it's the Godfather again. <laughs> Wrong button. Hold on. <laughs> They're both yellow. Yep. That's my mistake. We ready? Yep. From where I sit, your unorthodox methods are indistinguishable from chance. And your results, perfect or not, look suspiciously like luck. Bang on. I thought, I was like, <laughs> what is that? What is the movie? And I couldn't quite get the quote. And I went, oh, it's Mission Impossible. Yep. And I think it's Baldwin. And I found the clip. And I was like... Yeah, it goes indistinguishable from chance and yep. suspiciously like luck. Yep, and bang on. That's what it feels like, but love it, revel in it. Yep, because you're on the right side of the result. Because you're on the right side of the result. Ah, oh, it's very, very, very funny. Very good movies, those Mission Impossible movies, by the way. I must say, they've never really been mine. Oh. You know, I, I'm, you know, I've always been a James Bond kind of a guy. When yeah. I saw the first Mission Impossible with um, Tom Cruise in it and the... The you know the the classic scene of him being lowered down iconic and, scene like it is genuinely amazing, and I loved it and and I know See, that's in- arguably oh Mission Impossible Two is the worst film Mission Impossible One is actually a, a fairly boring movie when yep. you go back and watch it now Mission Impossible Two was awful made in Australia made in Sydney and and I reckon that might have been what turned me off oh, it was terrible I, I reckon at that point I've gone no nah, you you just don't have me and at the same like when um. What's the what's the one with Matt Damon in it? Born. See, I love that. Yeah. There, like there are just certain movies that I love, and that just that captured me, and I've always enjoyed it. I know a lot of other people don't like them. No, see, it's interesting. So, Mission Impossible one, very very similar to like a very classic up and down American espionage yep. story. It's not a it's not a bad movie. It's not amazing. It's very dated now. Two is just a complete disaster. Yep. Just awful and made even worse by the fact it was shot in Sydney. Yes. And for anyone, if anyone has ever seen the movie Ghost Rider and there's a scene where he drives out on the Hume oh, and, you're just, right. and you're like, that's not Texas. Just like in Sydney, you're like, geez, that looks awful. And there's lots of old Falcons and Toyota Land Cruisers and stuff in it. It's just, yep. I once saw someone describe the movie like they went down to McDonald's at 10 o'clock and just bought every car in the car park. Yep. And you went, that's... That's bang on the money. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but the third one, J.J. Abrams did the third one. Yep. Really good. All right. I might have, might have to reprise. Because it came from like, J.J. Abrams had this really punchy like TV style. Yep. And it felt like a really punchy TV show. Philip Seymour Hoffman's the bad guy. He's amazing. See, I love him. Yep. It, yep. He's up, like the best Bond villain. They do a fun thing where they break into the Vatican, which is great. And it was all the best bits of Bond in these TV shows. And then the fourth one was really good. And then the fifth and sixth ones have been Amazing. Yeah, okay. Amazing. Right. Well, that that's my homework for the next couple of weeks is to get back into Mission Impossible. Well, yeah, because I think I think it's next year. There's is two it, more coming. Yeah, okay. Well, there's at least one next year and then another year after. Yep. But very, very good. Very much worth your time. And thank you for that sound clip um, because that's Collingwood in 2022. Bang on. Um, some overview now, Timbo. Yes. What have we been saying for the last few weeks? Uh, our ruckmen aren't cutting the mustard. No, We're not getting no, any no, 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 no. What do we need to do? Inspired by Elvis. Oh, we've got to take care of business. TCB. Yes. Taking care of business. Yep. And then what does L Davis say? Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Tim goes on. <laughs> no dribble, dribble tonight. Kareem, Skyhook, straight in. I, I did it. I did blank for ever so slightly. I was going, what did L Davis say? <laughs> did and then it was say? like, yes, I recall this. What a funny character. Yeah. L Davis. Yeah. Um, we just have to keep ticking the wins off 
and and especially given we've got a curly final few weeks, you know Adelaide again, TCB over in Adelaide, but but thereafter you know we've got a, a couple of a trio of tricky games to finish off the season. So to be locking these wins away um, to get closer and closer to locking in that top eight spot, it's just hopefully now a matter of where that spot is. Keep winning um, and it will be high. Yep. Drop a couple and we'll we'll slip back a little bit. Look, we aren't glass half empty about winning on the weekend. Um, and some of this episode, as I wrote it out, I thought, gee, some people might perceive it as that. But we're always happy to win. And the reason it might come off that way is because we're now about reassessing what these wins mean. Correct. Exactly right. And it's, we, we've been a little bit unlucky in that this has been a year where there are a lot of wins in the eight. At the top like, end, like, yeah. At the very top end. It's like you, in some years, when you have a, a side that can go through and win you know, all bar two, three, four games, they take the lion's share of the wins and they sit right up the pinnacle and then there's a level and then there's often eight teams fighting for five spots mm. right on the fringe of the eight, whereas that glut is much higher up the ladder this year. Well, you think about it, it seemed like Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne are probably going to lose, like, well, they drop five at the moment. Yeah. I mean, maybe just five. Maybe that they win the rest of the games, of course. We'll beat them. We but, will. But, I mean... <laughs> Who would have thought at the start of the year, if somebody had told you, oh, Melbourne will lose six games? You go, don't see it happening. You go, whoa, yeah. what's happened to them? Yep. But they're still good footy and they're still a, a big threat. But, yeah, the, the ladder is so condensed yep. and it's so tight that... And if you have a bad day, I, I think is what, you, what you're learning. If you have a bad day at the wrong time, your season can be done. Well, you think about us and the Saints. Okay, if we beat the Saints... They are done, done, done. Correct. And, and, and it's really the only game this year where we've not taken care of business. Mm. Like, we've, we've been unlucky in a few others and had injuries at the wrong time, but that was the game that we should have won that we didn't. The rest of the season, you've gone, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Margins will be, yep. will, will tell us more of a story of the where and the how, but that's us. And, and the last few years, we haven't been winning games that we should, and you feel like you've underperformed. We are where we're at. But we're also now got a chance to be able to win a trick here and there and, and really sort of dot the I and cross the T on the season. So ultimately, it is a relief to be in a position that we're at the moment where we don't greet the final siren like it's a premiership. Yep. Which has absolutely been the case. Absolutely. For the last five, six, seven years where well, we're winning so few games that any win, no matter what it is, against who, by how much, is just the biggest relief in the world. Yep. Now it's a different kind of relief where you go, beautiful, head up, What's next? Yeah. Yep. Take care of business and get the job done. So we've been starved of them for so long. We're officially going to finish the season now above 500 for the first time since 2011, it would have been. Yeah, that's huge. Um, which is a good little tick for us as we continue to move along. Um, but we want for more. No doubt. So it's kind of fun, Timbo, to walk away from a game like it's the old days, a bit of a shrug of the shoulder, head down, what's next? Satellite. We're going to talk about the win clearly against the Giants, but holistically, that is such a refreshing change of philosophy. Uh, no doubt, no doubt whatsoever. We um, we looked like we handled the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think clearly, clearly, GW GWS were a team that were trying to put bodies behind the ball and and defend hard. They weren't they weren't setting up to score. Heavily, they were trying to put pressure on us the way that Geelong did in the hope that they could get us going back the other way because clearly that was 
the chink in the armour that we showed the previous week, they just didn't have the ability to do it because you're putting pressure on, you're then trying to win the contest, um, be better one-on-one, two-on-two, whatever else it happens to be, and, and hurt us going the other way. They did it a couple of times because that's what teams want to do and it'll come off from time to time. And they've still got some supremely they've got very good skillful players. players. But as the game progressed, it became very, very apparent that across the board, we were just a little bit better than them. And in time, we were always going to get on top. And it was like we fritted away a lot of chances, especially late in the third quarter. We, we gave ourselves the opportunity to really, really gap them. We didn't quite take it. And at three-quarter time, we were... We were, we went in trouble, but we were vulnerable. Did you, the old Timbo staple in a game like this? I was waiting for the text message, but it makes perfect sense that you weren't there. Yes, um, <laughs> that's a winning score. That's a winning score. Yeah, yeah. In, well, and I watched, I watched the second half this afternoon, um, and, and obviously, you know, knowing exactly what happened, you, it takes a bit of the tension. Well, you do. You, you just, you just sort of, you kind of wait for what the game's then going to give you. Yep. But um, but yeah, certainly now having seen it, yeah, that probably would have been my opinion at the time. I think that you know we were just we were a little bit slow out of the gate, and we're going to talk a bit later on about <coughs> in, intent and aggression from the off. And there's another good test this week with Adelaide, a team we should be beating. How quickly can we beat them? Yep. Um, just take all the angst out of the occasion and the in the afternoon. But I suppose we didn't quite adjust to what the GWS were taking away from us. Uh, early on, we probably should have identified a lot quicker that they were doing what Geelong were doing. What didn't we like about that? We've obviously had a week to unpack. How do we get around it? Yep. Um, but I suppose once we did get motoring, you know, we, we sort of we gapped them pretty quickly, pretty professionally. Once we actually you know put the foot down, um, what that sets up for us, I suppose, is resetting for what's ahead of us. Yep. So we're actually in a very interesting phase of the season at the moment where. We're getting some bodies back, um, which is very exciting. But what that all equals is actually kind of a bit unknown. Um, we saw, you know, McGovern come back in this week. You know, you would imagine Pitnet would come back yep. this coming week. Marchbank potentially this coming week, maybe one more in the twos. But there's some really good pieces to come back in. And what that means for our cohesion actually isn't clear. Absolutely. So we need to find that very quickly. And we'll actually go through line by line. So you think about defence. Weedering rejoins the fray two weeks ago, yep. which is good. McGovern comes back this week, and and he's still very much a work in progress. Very much in defence. Um, he's only played the is it two and three quarter games or two and two thirds of a game in defence. So he's still very much um, one to watch there. Marchbank hopefully not far away. Williams potentially a little bit further on than that. This is all very very good. These are all great selection headaches to have Timbo. But does it actually create some questions for us around continuity and balance? Look, it absolutely does. And and the one guy, the one that one guy that really intrigued me when I was thinking about this afternoon was um, when Pido comes in, and it's going to see De Koning play forward more, um, and it means that Sauce will not need to ruck. Mm. And and I think I think the last few weeks our smalls have been a little bit disappointing, and that they just haven't. We've not been getting full bang for our buck. So in the end, the the pivot ends up being Silvani goes back into the forward line. He's your pure utility footballer. You can push him a little bit further up the ground and be the lead-up mark if you need that. But when he's back closer to goal, he's putting pressure on. 
And he and he's always been a really good tackler in the forward line. He doesn't have the speed that others have. He's got good anticipation. But he's got, yeah, he reads it well. He has really good intensity and he tackles well and he's a strong body and he doesn't let guys go. I think we only got something like six tackles yep. out of Honey, Motlop and Durden. Yep. Like Durden, look, I, I'm, I'm always loath to, we're jumping ahead to forwards a bit, but I'm always loath to kind of criticise someone like a Durden based purely on the number. Yes. He does do a lot of chasing tail and running around dog chasing cars type stuff, which is generally not rewarded with bulk possessions. No. Um, but at the same time, that, that number of, whether it be pressure acts, whether it be um, yeah, tackles is a great one for them, but we, we just we do need to be getting a bit more. Well, and, and we do, we do, but then as we've all sort of said before, sometimes you don't get, like the pressure act stat might recognise it, but if you've put just enough pressure on yeah, the guy... Absolutely before he delivers it, yep. the spillage might happen 40 metres away and, and, and we might then be able to gather on hmm. the ground and and manufacture thinking, something. thinking and there might be, oh, where is he? It, it's just a bad, like all you want is a bad decision or bad execution, either or. If you don't put any pressure on, you may not get either. But um, when we create the, that opportunity, um, you, you may not get the stat for what no. you've done, even though the team derives the benefit. And, and clearly, I mean, we were ribbing Fabaganoush when Honey opportunistically took his goal on the weekend. Um, but I think he finished with something like 14 touches in, in not a bad outing across half forward and drifting yep. back closer to goal. Obviously, he's doing something. We, we were joking about Paddy Dow. Obviously, he's doing something that the coaches like, just like Dow's doing something that they don't or not doing something that they want. Yep. Clearly a Josh Honey, a Corey Durden, et cetera, are doing something that they want them to be doing otherwise. Or, or, or provide a point of difference yes. that offsets the way that we play and and gives a different look to the opposition that you need to see. And there, there was the classic bit of play very late in the game where there was um, a bit of a, a desperate effort where Cottrell got the on the end of it, it very, very deep in the back pocket and took off. And then he kicked it to Mackay. Mackay. Yeah. And then it, I think it went to Silvani yeah. next. And then Honey got a really hard contested mark where it was just pure speed and being hard at, at the contest in the air. Got, got on the end of it. And you've gone, that's, that's what you give. Because as we know, he's from a family of elite athletes. So he what he does have is speed. What he then needs to do is got to capitalise and make sure he's kicking goals using it. Mm. Um, but I looked at that bit of play and you've gone, you know, the give me the glimpse, show me something. Yeah. Um, while we didn't like the – he had a set shot around the corner that he yep. missed and, you know, the the goals that the real quality opportunistic forwards score, he doesn't seem to be doing that yet. Well, Durden, but he still brings something. Durden's goal was that. Yes. You know, Motlop's goals against St Kilda. Yes. Were those – not even a half chance. Yep. And and that's what the OEs can can do that generally from a set shot. Yes. Can can get the lead up forty five out. No gimme. And he's at the moment <clears throat> at least he looks like a beautiful set shot. Set shot. Which is credit to him. Um, with regard to the midfield, you mentioned Pitto just before. The big piece here is is naturally him. Uh, his return kind of needs to spell a stronger return for us at stoppage yep, because it has to. if it doesn't, that's alarm bells. Hugely. He needs to come in and we need to – we don't need to come out and blitz the Crows by 20, but he, he needs to come out and provide us discernible first use, discernible control. Yep. 
at stoppage. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and if he doesn't, then you start going, oh, the problem is what we've been speaking about is something bigger that needed to be addressed eight weeks ago, not cross our fingers and hope Pitto comes in and solves all the problems. And Riley O'Brien's a guy that can take a lot of marks around yes. the ground and, and moves well. You can match him in the ruck. It's what happens elsewhere. And I reckon Pitto, when he's not in form, is a guy that doesn't take enough marks around the ground um, and sometimes needs a handful of games to really find the the pattern and mm. feel and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see how he comes in because you don't want to lose... Because obviously what TDK can give you around the ground is a bit of an aerial presence. You know, he does that extremely well. He can take the flies, just reads it well. Um, so having Pitto take over part of that role could be a little bit of a loss. But then equally you would think he he's very good with his hitouts to advantage. And if you've got a third option up forward, you know, good luck for those teams' defence to be able to control Harry, Charlie and TDK when they're controlling the ball. Lastly, there with midfields, obviously Hewitt will slot back in for somebody. Yep. Obviously, wouldn't even want to hazard a guess as to who after last week's spirited selection debate. Yep. Faber Ganoush would have been beside himself that they made four changes. <laughs> Why do you make four changes to a losing team? Yeah, that's it. Just wait for them to sort themselves out. Select all the same players again. Yep. Back them in, 22 weeks. Let's just get it done. Um Pito actually won't have much time to get himself back in the groove, will he? Which is important that he's had the two weeks behind him. But he, he this week's a, assuming he plays this week, I think I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Yep. Um, good test with O'Brien, but at the same time really does need to get himself back into the groove of senior AFL football sharp. And we have five home and away games to go. So is it four? Oh, yeah, we're back to four because it's one and then three. Yeah, yes. sorry. No, my bad. You're right. So it's Adelaide and then the, the, the three make of it what you will. I, I, I'm confident that we'll take care of Collingwood. So I just really think, you know, we that there's two up there are two opportunities that are bookended by Mate, I'm going into wins. the war room. I'm going into the war room that week. <laughs> becoming a becoming a wartime and declaring a, a state of emergency. The Ian Prendercast Twitter account the week of the Collingwood game. Yep. Uh so forward you mentioned Pitto's back, you know, and then the argument becomes TDK, Sauce, what's going on with Jack Martin, Calf, we yep. don't know what's happening there. Even even someone like Harry I found is a little bit, just a little bit off colour with Charlie in good form and just kind of, and he was by no means bad yesterday. I think he still had double-digit score involvements and yep. pushed up and took some marks and the like. But Harry just seems to be not Fubberganoosh style in a bit of a rut, in a bit of a funk, but just not quite the confident, um, figure we've seen earlier in the year last year, which is, is just an interesting watch this space for me. But TDK going in, does that complement or does that congest? Well, it, whoever is our forward line coach, he's got a huge job. He's got a huge job to make sure that leading patterns are what they are and that we're not um, cannibalising one another. Because he's got three bigs. Yeah. What's the mediums look like? Absolutely. And then who are the smalls? Correct. It's the classic... What's that, five in the bed and the little one said? Roll out. It's like, who's getting kicked out? <laughs> Correct. Correct. And, and and what it is going to mean in play is that there will be guys that will spending be spending time up the ground. And I know you've always talked about loving Harry really pushing high mm. up the ground and then leaving stuff in behind. Um, and, and they're all capable of doing it. I just think Jack becomes really integral 
in, in you know as a target and and when we're trying to change direction and all that sort of stuff as well, which I, I thought was very evident on the weekend as well. You know, the couple of times where we said, no, we're not going to just kick it to Nick Haynes, mm. who as an intercepting defender is one of the best and has been for six or eight years. And we were very smart to be able to send it wide and change the point of attack and open it up. And especially as the game went on and GWS got tired and they couldn't cover the ground, there were holes everywhere. So opportunities came and it came through our preparedness to take the risk and be bold, which we weren't prepared to do against Geelong. So who are the smalls, do we reckon? I think I think Owies is uh, growing. His reputation is growing by in, not playing. In his absence. Yeah, correct. Which is exactly what you want to be as a footballer who's injured. Yep. Um, you want people pining for you to be back. I think that just comes down to he and probably Silvani as those real locked-in tackling smalls. Yep. They obviously really like Durden's um, pace. I think he's got the, the, the greatest um, top speed, yep. if you will, yep. in that in that little group, um, which probably means Motlop gets squeezed out, which is – Fine, just at the moment. But, it, for a but does Honey get spe- squeezed out first? I don't disagree. I think those are the two that get squeezed yep. out. Yep. Um, in whichever order, it's uh, that's rewatch because it's key. Who cares? Yep. Whichever, whichever order they get cut. Yep. But good that there's a little bit of depth growing there. And there's some options growing there, and there's some pressure. Which is what we want. Because it's, pleasingly, um, people following the VFL, the VFL ladder is extraordinary. And Carlton sit, um, I think they're fourth at the moment, which is great. They're a game from like ninth or something. Well, I... it's so I think Casey have cleared out. They're three games clear on top, and then everyone else is throw a blanket over about ten teams. Gotcha. But for the first time in a long time, Carlton reserves playing in a, a final series yep. is enormously beneficial to what we're going to be trying to achieve at senior level, because um, obviously the VFL finals started a week earlier, so there is yep. that little bit of overlap, which is good. Um, and then I suppose, I think it's, it's this cohesion for me with those guys. So mediums, talls, smalls, the mix is who knows. But just really working hard to figure out what the mix is, even for that week's opponent. And if that means potentially blasphemous, or if that means that TDK squeezed out, if that means that Jack, Jack Silver, people will be like, oh, you can't drop. No, but Harry and Charlie, the only locks. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, wh- what is the mix you have around them? And because if you and, play those, we're fucking tall. And you, and you play do, all those guys. And do we di- do we get dictated sometimes by who we play? Because mm. I know we've said this many a time. You know, we've always matched up really well against the Bulldogs, mm. and our tall forwards are too much for them. But then they rely on just moving the ball really, really fast and exposing us for being slow. And nine times out of ten, it just means when it goes in, they can't stop us. Yeah. So if if you're coming up against a side that are at all brittle um, in key defence... Oh, you target it. You target it and, and back yourself in and not be afraid. Cause, and, and I think the good thing with us is um, Kerno and Mackay have speed. So hmm. although they are not going to be changing directions and you know putting you know fast pressure on... They can at least chase guys that have got it and, and they're physical and that sort of stuff as well. So you don't lose that much by being tall up forward. You know what the flip side of that is too? Be bold and be brave enough to pull the other lever if you think... You can get them. You can get them with speed on the deck or that not a super tall mix. Yep. That's being... Be prepared to go, you know what? Let's make a big call if we think 
that's the team to win the game. Well, and, and, and this is match committee becomes really, really key. And Oh, Timo. It's a 90s banger. Oh, this is Hey Leonardo, Timbo. What a tune. Blessed Union of Souls. Only one good song. You're listening to it. Oh, yeah. Pop it up. The 90s were real big on just name dropping, weren't they? Were. It's a real 90s staple. Let's just, let's just name drop a lot of celebrities. Yeah. 90s banger. Waiting a little bit longer than I anticipated. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, was that ever on an American Pie movie? Oh, no idea. Or one was, of those sorts of ones? I think it was like 98. Why did we play that, Tim? Because the Blues are back, baby. Yes, yes we did. Um, oh, it was probably in something. Would have sure. Dude, have, where's my car or something like that? So I think it was 98, uh, that particular track. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, American Pie. I don't think it was American Pie. That was 99. But there was a lot of those Can't Hardly Wait, Yep. Uh, loser. Yep. American Pie, all that. The, the return of the high school, you know, the uh, the sexy high school romp movie. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> um, which I don't know if that, that, to be honest with you, that probably would have been more of a high school rom-com. Yeah, she's all that. You're, uh, what's the, is that the one with the girl who's meant to be ugly, but she just takes her glasses off? Yep, exactly right. It's like that's all the guy had to do is to take her, and she had like like pigtails or something. It was yep. like just get her a nice uh, blow blow wave. Well, wonder where you're going to go with it. Yeah, no, that's later. Moment. And, you know, just take the glasses off. I think she was wearing, like, uh, dungarees. I was yep. like, no, no, just put her in a nice dress. Just a makeover. Yeah. it's We're not we're not uh, reinventing the wheel here. That was uh, Rachel Lee Cook, I believe. Um, yeah, that probably had more of a home in that type of movie, yep. maybe. Yep. Uh, quite understandably. But, yeah, that's our first uh, Blues are Back 90s super mix or whatever Banger. we're calling it. Yep. Uh, excellent. My next heading here, Timbo, was Be Bold, which is a good flow on because we mentioned it a few times, but... Sometimes I find myself lamenting our lack of dare yes. or creativity, and, and especially when the margins for error are actually bigger. So yep. no disrespect to a GWS or an Adelaide or a North Melbourne type team, yep. but look to kill them quickly. And when you got a chance to go, you go. And just go. Because yep. realistically, and particularly earlier in the game, you're going to get the chance back. Yep. If you cough up a chance... You're going to get it back. Don't go back into your shell. Don't go back into yep. your shell. Go through the gears with some real purpose. Attack the corridor. Isolate talls. Drive our legs. Do what we did in the third quarter. Get Sard, or if it's Williams, or if it's Doherty, really bouncing out of half back yep. and being aggressive with corridor, chaining through the midfield with hands. Like I just feel like we can be a bit stagnant and conservative, Yep. which yep. is frustrating. And that can sometimes be a personnel thing as well. Yeah, but I, I felt yesterday there was a few times where Nick Newman really charged out of defence and, and really took the initiative. It's been tent. Yeah, and, and he would often go corridor, as you said. Um, we used Sadi amazingly yesterday, yeah. and he really did it. For a guy that's having a great season, I'm not sure if it was his best game, but, geez, he did a lot of a variety of really, really good things you yesterday. He did. So what were your votes? Uh, I was Saad, Walsh, Charlie. See, I went Walsh, Charlie, Saad. Yes. Which someone, I forgot who it was. Someone did mention, but skipping ahead, for me, that the, the Saad chatter, he was brilliant. 
but he was brilliant early when when not brilliant. a lot was going. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Which, is, which is why it was flashy and it stood out because he was a real bright spark. Correct. Just as as the fire, the flame was flickering, if you yep. will. And I thought the way I rationalised it was, I thought that Saad was a case of keeping us on top. Yep. Whereas Walsh pushed us over the top. Yeah, without doubt. And, and it was that thing where you went. There's no wrong answer. Both of them were ah, of terrific. Course. And then for me, Charlie's kicked four goals and you're going, well, four goals in a six-goal game. I think the top three in the end became pretty obvious. Yeah. I think I think Cripper, Cripper had one of those games where his best was really good. We're going to talk about Cripper too. And he though. made a couple of mistakes along mm. the way, but the whole body of work, you forgive a couple of the errors and you go, you played well. We've spoken about... But, but it's probably not a vote-worthy game as a result. We've spoken about a league of their own in the past. Yeah. Remember Kit Keller... Stay off the high ones. Yeah. <laughs> I like the high ones. I'll be going, stop kicking on your left, Gripper. Yep. Yep. I don't care how much you like kicking on your left. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but no, just just with the – I thought that occasionally our ball movement late in the quarter sort of just lacked urgency. And yep. because of that, we would often see these quarters out. Like we just weren't dangerous. Yep. And it feels like that we could be a really super dangerous red time team if we were prepared to go. Well, it's and I reckon you're either you break a line, you break a line, and you can go real fast and pump it in, or you got to go wide to be able to create the space and then have the the right guy kicking the ball inside. And and I thought a few times O'Brien got it in fast when we'd gone wide. I think Doc Doc got a handball from uh, Chera at one point, and he just slammed the ball on his boot and it was really, really ugly. Mm. But the ball dropped fast yeah. and that was the one where Kerno was just in front. And playing on a guy like Lockie Keefe, there is nothing wrong with Lockie Keefe. Big man. He's a big man. He uses his body well. His problem, though, is he's never going to read it fast because no. he's not a pure footballer. Um, you won't but get this, it. Is it. this is in the recon, isn't it? That, that's exactly right. Just know what you're coming up against. And I actually made the comment and I was never worried by GWS's defence as such. But when you do look at it, you go, Keith's a really good big defender. Sam Taylor, I've got a bit of a man crush on. I think he's a really, really good footy player. There's one obligatory <laughs> developing tall back that yeah. Tim loves at every rival Harry team. Harry Himmelberg, I just, he's not my bloke. Never has been, whether he's played forward or he's played back. He ended up with like 27 possessions or something. Couple, it's like, when couple, the fuck did he get them? It's a couple like, of years ago, he looked like a really... Wow, revisit this guy in five years' time. But he was playing third tall. No, he was, but yeah, it was like, yeah. revisit this guy a little bit later down the line. And, and, and in fact, he was the guy that almost threw the game away when we travelled up to GWS, and he was doing some really selfish things mm. in the forward line. And the first thing Mark McVeigh did when he took over was he sent him back into the back line. And, of course, Nick Haynes. So that's yeah. four big, big, capable key defenders which if you can deploy them and structure the structure them up, it's really of, it's really hard to get through. They tick a lot of boxes. They do. But I thought, look, I thought we look really good. We look at our best when we play fast, when we spread the field, we use the width of the corridor. Yeah. Um, we we chain through. We as we said, we get the ball to Saad, who's um, kicking on that sort of one hundred and eighty degree plane as yep. he's running at pace is absolutely exceptional. And that kick over the back to Cottrell was just fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. fantastic. And yep. I just feel like when we slow the game down, it feels like a countdown to a turnover. Yep. And it's either that or we're just going to show no impetus to, to try to score. Yep. And you're kind of going, geez, late in quarters, you get a couple like how, – how many times have we watched Carlton teams cough up red time goals that are just so deflating? Yep. And you're kind of going, can but we try to do that? Give it back. Give it back a bit? Yep. Because I think we could, we could do some damage and we could put a couple on real quick. And, and 666 has always been our friend – 
when our forward line isn't jammed up. So if you can get one and get a look at a couple of quick ones afterwards, you can really change the ga- the game fast. I agree, Timbo. Um, we're into chicken salads. We are making world record-ish time. <laughs> um, we're certainly not back to the old days, but we're... <laughs> two-hour specials. We're, we're ahead of time, what we are you know, relatively recently. Um, so the best on chatter we had before, look, like you said, the three guys that stood out, stood out, and whichever order you put them in, you can't really You're go, not wrong. go too wrong. Yeah. Um, look, Saad was phenomenal, 25 disposals, took 12 marks. We always say marks is a good indication of how hard you're working. Yep. Um, you know, the ground you're covering um, sometimes can be a little bit – who was the bloke that had – It was Himmelberg. Was he the bloke? He had a ridiculous amount of just nothing marks. So Correct. sometimes it's, it's a bad yeah. statistic. Yeah. But oftentimes it can be a really illuminating statistic as to your work rate. Uh, 581 metres gained. He had a beautiful goal assist. He, he was he was really, really, really terrific. And the mark. The, the like, mark. It was just – and the funny thing was it was an aggressive mark that – we needed it. Mm. Um, the game was very you – know, we, we, we hadn't blown them away and they'd gone corridor again and been prepared to take the risk and it was one-on-one he had to win the contest and in the end he said, I'm going to win it as emphatically as I'm you gonna can. I'm going to win this 14 and, feet off the ground. I'm going to butcher James Peatling while doing it. So He didn't get up. Yeah, he, he yeah. I don't it, know if it was the knee it right in the back of the head. but you, yeah. Is it terrible that when and, – and I don't mean it literally – I'm just We're not put murdering that in him. Preface this <laughs> just in case, but so that happens. He goes up and takes the big mark. That's great. And whoever he takes it on top of, there's that initial. Who is it? And you're kind of going, "Is it Toby? <laughs> you do. Like, is it a good player? Is yep. he just? Yeah. Is it Jacob Hopper? No, I hope he's know, not Tim like. Taranto. Hope he's not like mortally wounded. <laughs> yeah. But is he kind of like? Can he sit the rest of the game out? Maybe yep. just yep. with a bit of a ah oh, sore ribs. And that was obviously on the back of having. Had Sam Walsh go off for a yes. period and, and Weedering having gone down and you know, we all know what we think about both of them and the value to the team and uh, how how we can ill afford to not have them out there. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're not there to take blokes out. No, but can you But be, if it, but if it be, happens in the course of the game and it's to so, our benefit. Like, can you be so hurt that you can't play football for the next 45 minutes? Correct. But you're exactly totally right. You've got all week to recover. <laughs> got the rest of your life ahead of you. You can recover ahead of that. Yeah. Sam Walsh. 31 disposals, seven clearances, Yep. all heart, all run, um, absolutely broke the game open for us. The first two possessions great. he got after he came on. There was one out on the wing. I've actually got a note where he's Where he runs from the backside. He runs through the middle yeah. and he, it's... He gets the hands out. Oh, it was... It's a, it, it, was, it said so much. That was John Wick. People keep... Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Oh, yeah, that's it. Trailer for John Wick 4, by the way, if oh, anyone wants to watch it. Oh, very exciting. Have you seen any of those movies? No, I have. Mm-hmm. On your recommendation. They're good. I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know John Wick until you told me about it, and it's sort of like, what is this? You know what's and- so refreshing about it? And I might have used this example before. Well, back to Sam Walsh in a moment. So this is a film that's not a sequel. It's not a comic book. It's not a reboot. It's not based on an article in a magazine. It's a completely original concept that you kind of know nothing about and you see it and it's so perfectly formed in its own little beautiful way. Um, It has what uh, the legendary director Richard Donner described as uh, verisimilitude where everything we do in this movie has to make sense within the framework of the universe in which we are setting the movie and there's so many lovely little details and so much richness to every element of the culture and the society that this guy's roaming in and all the relationships he has 
And the way that expands over the three movies to date is really fun. Yep. And they're really well choreographed. The action's really f- like fast and frenetic and silly yep. and kind of like, oh, gee. The one thing I will say, I've said this before, I know this. How on earth they haven't done a time crisis style game, John Absolutely. Wick, is the biggest mystery in the world. Yeah. That you can be John, just be John Wick, and you go to the arcade, and it's the first person shooter. First person shooter with the, you know, the. Well, and as you say, there's been a million of them made, and you're oh. going, here is a guy that, you know, has been a box and Keanu, office sensation. Yeah. Keanu loves these video games. Yeah. He'd yeah. be all about it, and especially with the PS4 and virtual VR thing where you put the headset on and yeah. John Wick. Yeah. Great movies. Uh, if you haven't seen them, go and watch them. They're very, very good. Um, but Walsh just. He is he is our best player. He is. Most he is. important and best you can yep. argue. Yep. He is our best player. Um everything he does he does he ever play a bad game? Well he, again, he's one of those guys that his his bad game is still good. It's just it's just where your level of expectation, what you want to see from him, because he it's always in, delivers, he always works, you can't stop him. You can send someone to him, and and he almost sort of thrives on the attention and going. Okay, I'll well, well, I'll I'll up the ante. And Drago if, style. If you can keep coming, good on you. You know, someone goes to him, and, and he just looks at the camera and says, "I must break him." Yeah, exactly right. Um, he's a piece of iron. Of yeah. He's both Drago and Rocky. Yeah. But um, he he came back on the field. And there was that lovely kind of ovation. I thought it was maybe a tiny bit too emotional. We'll get to this later, but. At the same time, it almost arrived at precisely the right time. It did. Just to give the crowd and the team a bit of an injection, yep. a bit of momentum, and he comes on, he wins that sort of, not clearance as such, but out of, con- out of congestion, and the next couple of minutes almost win the game. Yeah, absolutely. From a team perspective, yep. dr- driven by him. Uh, Charlie, he's edging ever closer to that Coleman medal, and obviously with it, you would imagine the All-Australian. Uh, fantastic story. He's worked and built into the season really, really encouragingly and just just continues to tick boxes and, and make us believe that if we can get him on the big stage, something ridiculous could happen. No doubt. Well, he, he is a guy that can kick goals fast. And, and when he gets his tail up and his confidence and he gets it, most of the time you're going, he'll kick this. Well, he, he's the sort of guy too that in the best way sort of rattles – the foundations of the stadium if he gets on a roll. Oh, absolutely. Fev used to do it. A lot of players yep, have done yep. it. But Fev used to do it where if it starts getting dangerous and the other team starts, the ball starts getting sucked to him. Yep. And then yep. he, he'd wheel around on the left. And, you know, what, and you're just going, this guy this guy could break open the big game. Yep. And, he, and in front of goals, he's dangerous. But his field kicking as well oh. is um, he's just a weapon. You know what I love too? Stays down. He does. He, it, well, he just is so footy smart that he knows if I have to get up there, I will. If I've got a body, I can. If I need to get it on the ground, if I need to squeeze out the back, whatever my role is. The chances of this pack of four blokes pulling the mark in yep. are actually minimal. Yep. So why don't I just stay down? Yep. And he's got a really good knack too of like leading his, his opponent kind of to the contest yep. and then – Classic Maverick style, slam on the brakes, I'll fly right by. <laughs> I'm not sure how realistic a tactic that is in aerial dogfighting. They're fighting at like hundreds of miles. Yeah. But slam on the brakes, I'll fly right by, and he just stays down, and if the ball comes out, it comes out. Yeah. And you go, well done, 
Good that, on you. That's the joy of risk and reward and all that sort of stuff. You're either going to be right or you're going to be wrong. And when you're right, it's good night. I thought our defensive group was all right. I thought they were too. I, I thought Newman, They weren't perfect. No. Um, but I thought they combined very well. I thought there was a bloke who really sacrificed his game and put his body on the line a lot. Oh. And I think he worked really well for his teammates. What are you going to say? The player was Mr. bloody player. great. It was. It, I. Do we want to jump ahead? Is he your SI Morales? No, oh. Cotters was, oh, yeah. but because of his first half. We've actually but I reckon the the longer the game went, I also wrote Plowman. There's only two of us here. This is dangerous. We yeah. need to tie break. Fabian would probably vote for Jack, so it doesn't matter. So, so you had Plow. I had Plow. I'm giving. I wrote him down. So if I'm giving. Well, see, it's funny. I had Plow and Cottrell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T- t- so it sounds like you kind of had Cottrell and Plough. Well, and and obviously my ish, my tango issue tango and cash, yeah. cash and tango. My issue was I saw the first half. Yeah, true. And um and so Cottrell's best was in the first half. Yep. And um Cotter's got a Cotter's scored a goal when we weren't given the advantage, and he probably should have had three in the yeah, first true. half. In the ended up having two, and I just it just typified his preparedness to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and both in a funny way, both kind of sacrifice not sacrifice them, but both kind of perform their roles in different parts of the field yeah, to yeah. really really strong effect. And, and I forget the bit of play. Plough had four efforts in a row at one point. And the first was brilliant. The second one was brilliant. The third one was brilliant. And then the fourth one, he went to give a handball and he just muffed it. And it was like, uh, you probably can't expect him to go to the well, but he just, it just seemed like he was just owning the moment. Mm. You thought, this is great. And and we understand that there's a few people who's, you know, Plowman is not their favourite player. The Marmite um, footballer. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and so I just sort of thought, oh, yeah, shut him up, Plough. <laughs> and then he's, then he's come up, oh, come up with a bit more. of a howler and you've, gone, you've just given him ammunition again. You've given but, him uh, more ammunition, But he, I thought he played really well. And, you know, um, you know we, when you come up against the Toby Greens of the world, you, you're, not, you're never going to have one bloke on him no. all the time. You, you, you're going to mix and Mate, match. And, this is what we say about Plough. He, he's the garbage man. It's, he gets the shit job yep, every week. And, yep. yes, teammates give him a chop out. But he also gets the crap job every week and has to really carry that can. Yep. Um, you know, it's a bit of a thankless task. Internally, they, internally, they obviously value what he's doing really highly. I thought Wiedering was a little bit more assured. He's getting better. Correct, he is. With each week. I think this little three or four week block is really, really important ahead of. You'll have him humming. Yeah. Those, you know, that big last three weeks, really, really, really important. Um, and then McGovern seemed to get through the game. We have to wait for the injury report. <laughs> but he seemed to get through. His shirt didn't, though. Yeah, and then he came in and did the most Mitch McGovern thing of all time. You've missed 15 weeks with a hamstring, and then you needlessly launch into some contest and look like you've got broken ribs, yep. lacerated kidney. It's like, Mitch, relax. Take it easy. Yeah. If I have to wrap him in bubble wrap out there, I will. But, uh, no, look, it was pleasing that he kind of was able to um, get himself through the game because absolutely needed the run more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, of course, oh, there's another 90s banger, Timbo. Oh, this one's a classic. This is quintessential 90s. Yep. Old mate's dead now, isn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. She had a seizure in the bath, actually. Oh, added to the list. Yep. Grudgingly. Mm. The list is what it is. Correct. Oh, what a classic, Tim. This was in pretty much every second movie in the 90s. Yep. And she was a star, too. 
had a very distinct voice. Very much so. That's what you need. Had that kind of like classic, uh, you know what it is? It's almost a bit of a driving song. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, just watch the world pass by you. This just continues to build. I didn't have enough time. I don't want to play the whole song. It is that sort of a song, though, isn't it? And it gets to the chorus. What a lovely track. And we played that, Timbo. Because the Blues are back, baby. That's exactly right. Uh, excellent. I'm sure Fabian's going, oh, would you play the pumpkins? <laughs> I'm going, shut up. I told him to establish his own Renegade playlist. Yep. That was weeks ago. I gave him a list. I know, Tim. <laughs> I know. Um for the lesser lights, I thought that uh, they all contributed. I thought Setterfield was all right. Setterfield, he, his second quarter wasn't as good as his first, but you actually watched him and O'Brien at different times during the game would actually switch wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a bit where Lo- um, Lockie had been in and around it and it was being played almost exclusively on the bench wing um, early in the second quarter. And it was about a five-minute period and it was very same-same. And then they switched, and Setters had been out there on his own. Well, not... Setters is a better option in the contest. That's exactly right. So whether it was just that's where the game was mm. or whether it was just let's give Lockie a bit of a break because he was being asked to be physical, which isn't his, you know, one would. And that doesn't mean that he can't <laughs> contribute. That he can't do it, but it was just it, – it just – it like to, you don't often always see the changes being made on the run, but you just – it was one thing that I noticed with Jay next to me and I pointed it out to him and I thought, I really like this. And then, you know, when the game broke and Lockie was on the outside and could use his left and all that sort of stuff, it all – it worked and you go on – I actually – I've never been convinced of setters on the wing, but I thought he played a really good game there. Well, that, that's, that's a role too where given the way the game's played out, that's not a bad deployment – that's not a bad way to use him. Correct. And to have O'Brien on the spread as the kick outside. That yeah. makes sense. And that takes communication. Absolutely. And and I think what I ultimately found the strangest after everything we talked about last week was um, Hewitt comes out, you're going, there's an option for somebody to play inside. Setters had had 40 the previous week before. We've always thought his best football has been as an inside midfielder as opposed to a wingman. So when we named him, I thought we'd see him in mm. the guts a whole lot more than he was. And then he played in a role that, I wasn't completely comfortable with, but I thought he executed great. And that's a horses for courses thing as well. Very much so. He, he's not going to be exploited. But Will Setterfield's too good of a footballer to be playing a lot of games in the twos. It's just, mm. is he going to play his best football in a role that Carlton's going to play him in moving forward, or will he look for somewhere else where they'll play him to his strengths? And that, that'll play out as the season progresses. So, And then lastly for the chicken salads, a stat that I always like, just a small one. It's an obvious one. Staring us in the face. Shots at goal. Yep. 25 to 14. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you have an 11 more shots at goal. You're winning. You're probably winning. Um, Carlton of old would find a way to lose. Yep. But 11 more shots at goal is a, is a really good, you know, to give up 14 scoring shots in four quarters yep. um, is a really good indication of how tightly you're playing um, and obviously to create 25 of your own uh, is really encouraging. It, it shows that you are... Um, Controlling the ball in the right spots. Yep. Which is good. Uh, chicken shits. Intent when not in possession of the football. Yeah. I thought there were a couple of examples. Pep Guardiola has got the old, uh, I think it's six seconds. Is to it, shut him down or to... To win the ball back. To win the ball back. And obviously yep. I'm not saying win the ball back in six seconds. Yep. But Pep Guardiola's whole thing was about intensity when you don't have the ball because that creates chaos, it creates panic, 
it creates a turnover. Yeah. So I just thought that you mentioned the way that uh, the Giants were moving the ball early. We were just giving them the spot ups. We, we weren't pressuring that kick. We weren't making them – we weren't actually making them kick the ball long because we weren't pressuring the short kicks. But they didn't always get it into their half. No, they didn't. But at the same time, you go and just play with a little bit more intensity yep. and you're going to create the turnover earlier and you're actually going to panic them into doing something that we've planned to play of this way. Well, if you have a little bit more intensity, you're going to take that off the table yep. quicker. And it didn't hurt us, but there were a couple <coughs> where I sort of thought against a better team – you do need to have that urgency dialed up. Today, it's probably not going to hurt. Well, that the St Kilda game, we we played a similar way where we gave them time, gave them cheap possession, mm. where it wasn't hurting us, but they did it often enough and they did it for long enough that they, they, they ended up getting through us. Yeah. GWS pretty much couldn't do that. And and I think we were comfortable with the style. See, I was but, almost but, like... But you don't, want to be, you don't want to be lazy on no, it. No, and that's my exa- attitude exactly. I was like... Forget that you're playing, as stupid as it sounds, forget you're playing GWS. Yep. Pretend you you're can't playing, play this way against Geelong. No, yep. pretend you're playing Geelong, you're playing Melbourne, you're playing Brisbane. Yep. Go, pretend you're playing them. What's the level of urgency you would bring to that? Yep. Because that's what you're going to need to beat them. Yep. And that idea of just off oh, flicking the switch on is kind of dangerous. Yeah, when we no, need to. I agree with that. And coming into an Adelaide can be like that too. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I sort of said to Kath before the game, I was chatting to Kath. Um, shout out to Kath. No. <laughs> no, actually, she was not no, talking. No, shout out to Kath. <laughs> actually, it's funny. We'll, I can bring it up now if you want, but no. uh, <laughs> it's the old line of um, just because an adult drinks it doesn't me- make it an adult's drink in exactly the same way as fairy bread is kids' food. Fairy bread's amazing. I, I'm not saying that. I mean, I don't get Fairy home. bread is amazing. Yeah, I don't get but home. But it is kids' food. I don't get home and have it for lunch, but if it's at a party. This is it. This is the thing. An so, adult can eat it, but it thing. doesn't make it Timbo, adult food. I have shared <laughs> the societal restrictions, the bonds that shackle you and Fabian. And, mate, you do you. I have, I have shared no problems that. with it. I'm just giving it a name. If I feel like fairy bread, <laughs> I'll make some fairy bread. If I feel like Ribena, like this is I. Oh, I might, oh, I might have pancakes for dinner. Who cares? <laughs> I just tell you, it tickled Cass' fancy. It just, it was right up her alley. Everyone she lives really, these, really enjoyed everyone it. Everyone lives with these <laughs> these tight restraints, like a straight jacket on them. When they do this and what they do and how they do this, you know, you feel like having some fairy bread. Yep. You feel like I don't know what's another. Chew? You feel like having a, a Kinder Surprise. Do it. Delicious. <laughs> have one. They are delicious. Kinder Surprise, also not adult food. <laughs> they have the Kinder Sticks. They're delicious. They're, they're an alternative if you don't feel like the egg. Okay. But this is the point. <laughs> if you like something, don't feel scared about what Faber Ganoush, you do you. the man yeah. whose wife packs him a lunchbox filled with children's <laughs> treats for work every day, don't, don't fear what he's going to think about you. Yep. you know, yep. Be proud. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm it just sounds. I'm just giving it a name. That was all. So it sounds. But back on Kath. Um, I the, thought we'd moved on from no, that. No, no. But the one comment I made, uh, and obviously for those that don't know, and I think most of you do, Kath is a Geelong supporter. She mm. is a very regular listener, and she does enjoy her footy, especially when cats are winning. Um, but which is quite often in the last fifteen years. So all power to her. But I I just wondered how much damage was done to us having come off a West Coast game where we'd kept them goalless in the first quarter and the last quarter, to then come up against... Well, it's opposite a, ends of the spectrum, yeah, isn't it? was it? a rampaging Geelong. And you they, actually couldn't have two greater extremes. You couldn't. You couldn't. And and obviously, they kicked 
whatever it was, seven goals against us in the second quarter, West Coast. Um, so they had a couple of moments in it, but mm. that was just when the worm turned and it was on their terms and then we shut it down and everything was good. But it wasn't the right way to go into the Geelong game playing West Coast. No, we weren't hardly battle-hardened. That's exactly right. And I kind of thought maybe we would have given a little bit more early against GWS for the very reason that we'd seen Geelong just the week before. Mm. Um, but it, 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 it will be interesting how we go with Adelaide and then how we come out of Adelaide into the next game as well. So not that I want to get ahead of us, ahead of ourselves. Is it, is it Adelaide then Melbourne? I thought it was Adelaide then Brisbane. So the back-to-back aways, is it? I think so, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier, are we a little bit too emotional? You could you could really feel the place come apart when Walsh and Wiedering lived off. Yep. There was almost this foreboding sense of, well, that's we're done. Yep. Not today. We're done. Yep. And you yeah. kind of went, Let's just, uh, just relax. Well, if this year has not we're, done we're not PTSD. anything, but yeah, we, we've we've proven to ourselves that the next man up works for us. But this is so. I just thought, I just thought it was a little bit over the top. There was this real. The air got sucked right out of the place, and I just thought, let's let's just hey, let's just relax. And then likewise, when they re-emerged, it was like I don't even. It was like Maximus in the Colosseum. Yeah, and you kind of yeah. went again, again. <laughs> let's hey hey. Hey, I was standing up. Everyone else was cheering, and I'm going, hey, shit, hey. <laughs> he is one man. He's just a very good man. <laughs> yeah, he goes, hey, let's just take it easy. But, you know, we we actually did need that to get going. I mentioned it earlier. We actually needed that impetus. We needed yep. that emotional spark to get us going. Charlie and Harry kicked back-to-back goals relatively quickly, uh, which more or less iced the game. It wasn't over, but it felt like mm, we're pretty much... Well, we put a distance in them and we proved that we could put a distance into them if we needed to. And as I sort of said, that last probably five minutes of the third quarter, we were queuing up to kick mm. goals and it just it didn't quite come off. There were a few wrong options taken, just missed executions. over possessing. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to get a bit too cute at times and, and make a certainty of, uh, of it. Speaking of over-possessing, getting too cute... Patrick Cripps. Yes. Didn't by any means have a shocking day. No, not at all. But just reverted a little bit to the Cripper of the last couple of years where you thought you, you don't have to be Superman. Yep. Yep. You don't have to. Come on, buddy. Let's stop wheeling around on the left. Bring others into the game. Bring others in. as needed. Be a facilitator. It just felt like he was putting a bit too much on his own shoulders. Yep. Oh, who knows? Maybe that's a messaging thing from last week. Oh, who, again, we're, we're putting two and two together and getting seven. Yep. But you just sort of think, just make the message for him real simple. Earlier in the year, his best form was electric because he was the team man. He was bringing everyone in, disposing of the ball quickly, taking the first option. There was a, a bit too much me, me, me work for the highlight reel. Yeah. For whatever the reason might have been. But the big goal after the 50 when Cornelio knocked yes. the ball out of his hand. Mind, mind-blowing stupidity. It wasn't it. Canil- just unbelievable. In a position of the ground just, that you're just you're not even dangerous and worst case you're going to be conceding a handball yeah. to a guy running wider who's almost taking you further away from goal, you're going, just keep your hands in your pockets, mate. Weird. Yeah. Weird decision. Um and you have it happens in every single game. Everybody tempts it. Yep. And there would be two blokes every three weeks bite on it. And it's sort of like Stephen Canilio, you've you've been one one of them. What are you it was weird. Yeah. It was just weird. Uh, we mentioned the smalls earlier. Just need to get a little bit more out of them. We don't need to labour that. Um, we've been over that already, but we, we just we do need to get a bit more bang for buck out of those small guys. Um, 
And stoppage-wise, we did finish down five clearances, down four centre clearances again, down 29 hitouts. And very early it was six hitouts to one so this to needs, advantage. This is the watch this space stat yep. immediately for the next week or two. Absolutely. Um, and fingers crossed if it trends back in the right direction – you go, happy days. And, and we always knew when you were going to be forced to be having 25, 30% of your ruck contests with JSOS in there, he's not winning a lot of hitouts. He's providing a contest. He gives another body when the ball hits the ground. Mm. He's good enough with his defensive pressure that he can account for the opposition ruckman and potentially another midfielder if and when needed. But at the end of the day, if you're going in there, you're not coming into a position of strength. No. And, and and the job that he's done for as long as he's done it, both at the end of last year and this year, I think the job that he's done has been absolutely exceptional. Um, but I really do look forward to seeing two genuinely recognised ruckmen plying their craft for us and putting pressure on the opposition and giving what it should be a strength of ours greater opportunity. Old mate Braden Pruce is... One of the biggest men alive. He's a big unit. Uh, he's like that uh, Cheval, you know, the old French rugby union player. Yes, he's, yes, I, with I, the big beard. I saw him. <laughs> I saw him in a former work life uh, walking around Amy Park, well, and, and like he just went, "You are big, big. <laughs> you are enormous." Yeah. He was like, you actually see him in the flesh, and you go, "Jesus Christ." You, I don't even know how big, how tall you are. Because we've all seen tall, and yeah, tall's going, impressive. Whoa. But when you're tall and big, big. it's like wowie. You're like Jesus, he's yeah. the sort of guy that like steps into his car, and it's like uh, like Flintstone style. <laughs> it kind of like tilts a bit, you know. Yeah, one of those ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I suppose ultimately there we need to see a bit of an uptick in that. But hopefully we do in the next couple of weeks. That is the uh, watch this space, as we said. Um, just bear with me, Timbo, while I find my next uh, here we go. I'm not sure why we're doing this segment. We've already decided who the SRL is. But I've made the sting, so I'm using it, baby. So it's Mr. Plough. It is Mr. Oh, Plough. Happy with Mr. Plough. It is Mr. Plough, yep. Okay. I was happy to almost go with co SR Morales winners, but um, we'll go with Plough. Well, the thing is, I'd written Cottrell down before I'd seen the second half, and in watching the second half, Plough did it for me a whole lot more. Yep. yep. No, no, I, I hey, either or I would have been happy with, but yep. I think I think Mr. Plough has a nice little shout out for uh just a, a fairly maligned player who toils away and uh sort of just does a shit job for us every week. Yep. Cops a lot of shit. It, um, it would have been a very unrewarded effort. I'm sure match committee and those assessing it would have seen everything that he did well, but there'd be plenty of other people that wouldn't just a shout out to the Collingwood fans. If you're sending me a gif of Salt Bay, yeah. it's not original. No. Like it's the lamest, most pedestrian thing you can come up with. There's a lot of other memes and gifs that have salt in them. <laughs> the same gif of Salt Bay is yeah. it's just it's betraying how your lack of creativity and what a simple buffoon you are. Um, so just bear that in mind if you've made it this far into the pot. Correct. Um Time now for where's the sting for this bad boy? Yeah, press the right one this time. <laughs> I have to change the colours on that other pad. You've got mail. Uh, we've got our first uh, piece of correspondence today from a 
a man who's who's growing an influence on the Prender, Prenderheads Twitter family, Football Serge. It's serious because it's very important, please. <laughs> uh, he's, he's getting in touch. He's putting some good questions into the mailbox. Um, should our players tone down the use of the round-the-corner kick, use it where appropriate, but go back to the drop punt as the default? There were at least four instances where we wasted goal opportunities with round-the-corner kicks in finals footy. It might be the difference. There were some annoying ones. Cripper did a, a long one. That was bad. And, and he pushed it out of bounds oh. on the full. So it, it, actually, it was a big, big kick that he's gone for. Um, Timothy Jay has said, can we take away Cripps' kicking licence? Could be one of those ones. Especially yeah, his left foot. I think we can put can some... Can we give it to Adam Chera? Because at one point he had like four kicks and 17 yeah. handballs. And it's sort of like, <laughs> feels you're, like got... you're in the team to kick it. It feels like we got that balance inverted. Absolutely. Yeah, I like his provision here. We can. It's like a you know, you've got points on your licence, your P's, etc. Just your left foot. Yep. You've got no kicking licence on the left. Yep. Who's this idiot? Old mate Fabian Guadagnolo... Um, how does Siri say it at the moment? It's really good. Fabian, there was Guadagnolo, yeah. which was good. And there yeah. was a new one. I'll have to remember. There's a new one that's really like, how have you come up with that? Yep. It's, oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's very good. Do we want to read out his question? We do. Do we? Yeah. I'm an idiot. I would like to apologize for every silly thing I've ever said on the podcast. Sean is 100% correct. <laughs> and should be celebrated as the wonderful host and human being that he is. That's very lovely of Fabian to have said that. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He would never say that. Um, that's the thing of, like, if he was being held captive. Yeah, that's exactly that would, right. To alert us <laughs> yep, yep. that he would tweet out. If Marchbank and Pitto are available, why are we reading this idiot's tweet out? Are we potentially too big, given the returns of Weedering and McGovern, who, in brackets, if any, drop out, question mark? Do we play with two rucks, question mark? Where is Jack Martin? Question mark. It's a lot to take in. Well, we touched on that before, and I, look, I think he's right. Um, you know, I think Newman's proven that he can play a little bit taller if and as needed, but he's got the small bit going, and he's got the run and the kicking. Um, I, I think we love player, but I, I think if you're bringing Marchbank in, it would seem obvious that Plough is the guy that makes way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we proved the other day, you know, while she's, you know, he really did just roll an ankle, but he seemed to do a pretty good job of it. And it was his left, I don't know which foot, which ankle he had the syndesmosis um, operation on. Um, but if he has just rolled an ankle, I really can't see that he's going to miss. But I do wonder whether they jabbed him or whether they just um, taped him up. Um, but yeah. I think that's like we're we're going to get it. We're, there's going to be the potential for injury. So while there are guys coming back in, we always wonder who's going to make way. Mm. But general attrition may dictate that for us anyway. I agree completely. Oh, there's another nineties banger, Timbo. Oh, Spice Girls. There had to be the Spice Girls on a nineties playlist. This is a real like. Uh, this is a real sixties uh, throwback. Very much, isn't it? Yeah. Almost feels like something a partridge family would be doing. It feels like, yeah, definitely. It always feels a bit temptations y. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was the, um, what was What's Her Name's band? The Supremes. The Supremes. Yes. What's the name? <laughs> it's funny how I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, you knew exactly <laughs> where I was going. Uh, classic. Had to do the Spice Girls. I think that's probably their best track. I really enjoyed this one. I made a little bit of a dance move to it, which once upon a time I knew what it was. So was that the was this the video clip where they were on like a Coronation Street style, like terraced housing? You'd know that better than me, but yes, I think so. Maybe. 
a mate of mine, Mitch, is a very, very big Spice Girls fan. That's an unusual thing. That and pro be. wrestling, where he's two biggest passions in life. Oh, well, he grew up in the 90s. That's the golden era yeah. of pro wrestling but he's, and the Spice Girls. He's about 6'4", uh, and big guy, Mitch. And he he was on the Melbourne wrestling scene at one point oh. in time. What was his name? Uh, he was the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> easy, to, easy to sink? Uh, well, no, no. He was just a very, very big. Usually, um, used to lose a lot. But, um, but obviously, they'd he'd come out and they'd say that he'd be like seven foot tall and all that sort of stuff. And he was a lot bigger than a lot of the guys that he would wrestle against. But um, he was a Sporty Spice fan. And when she went out on her own, oh, no. her one of her songs was going down. Really good song. And he'd stand up on the the, the corner yeah. and he'd get into Jack's pose on the Titanic and all that sort of stuff. Of course. And he would shout out to the crowd, who's going down on the Titanic tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just still think was just magnificently prepared and put together. And You know what they was... say in the industry, Timbo? That's just cheap heat. Well, yes, maybe, maybe. But he owned it and he did it and I loved it. So, so much about it that you just have to own. I, yes. I've watched... Uh, if anyone's familiar with the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, former pro wrestlers, um, they just really love action figures and they, uh, they've they collected them for their entire lives type thing. And yep. now they're making sort of probably reasonable money, like talking about them and they make their own. And yep. um, it's an interesting thing. They, they make their own wrestling figures. So, because they used to be with WWF yeah. and then they got released. And then now they just do independence. And I think one of them, Brian, has like a wrestling school. But they've done, because they love figures and they've got this incredible recall of every line. And it's actually fascinating. Like, I have no idea what they're talking about 95% of the time. But then they'll be talking about a figure or a line and they'll be like, oh, yeah, the such and such, the uh, Series 6. And they'll go, yeah, 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 the Series 6, that at Stone Cold's legs. And it's just this level of recall and detail that's extraordinary. But because they love it and because they're now with able to work with like-minded people who either design or create or manufacture the toys – They've done their own little third-party deals to kind of do like retro versions of themselves as these old figures, well, hey. which is quite fun and because they love it and they take so much care with it. But they do a lot of these like vlogs of them doing independent shows and you're kind of like, they've performed in front of tens and tens of thousands of people at WrestleMania. Now they're wrestling in a fucking high school gym, yep, yep. selling gimmicks you know, after the show, making cash in hand, good money, yeah, yeah, selling absolutely. signed photos for 30 bucks or whatever. It's part of the industry, Tim. Undeclared income. Oh, well, when when you're passionate and it's your outlet. they do all that shit where they yeah. stand up and they're, you know, everyone's in on the act and they're yep. abusing the crowd and yep. that's good fun. Absolutely. Back to the mailbox. Yes. <laughs> uh, Steph, most crucial question of the week, has Sean been able to procure Eddie Ribena? Are we also happy with Cotter's development? Seems to have grown in confidence, albeit still needing some polish here and there. Question number one. Yes. I was able to procure some Ribena. It was amazing. Was it as expensive as it seemed to be online or were there people online nah, taking so was advantage that a, um, of the shortage? It was at a uh, a Woolworths Metro outlet mm. that I just wandered into to get a – I think I wandered in to get like an up-and-go or something. Yep. And as I walked around the aisles trying to find the fridge that had it in there, I came across the mixers and there it was um, – $6.85, which is 35 cents dearer than its ticket price at a standard Coles yep. or Woolworths. Did you do a quick look around and see if somebody was setting you up or candid camera style? It was like a Wiley Coyote. It was painted on the, <laughs> and it was, on the or shelf. You get it and it would move. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like the tunnels. Um, Roadrunner. Uh, 
so six dollars eighty five, absolutely outstanding investment. Tell you what, with how many did you buy? About twelve, or there was only there was only two, <laughs> and you took about. I got I got one because ah. I thought to be. I actually probably should have bought the other one because yep. there's no certainty that we're – I've tried several other coals over the last few weeks. No dice. But you thought somebody else will want this. No, it wasn't even that. I, I actually don't know why I didn't buy it. Yeah. I, I should have. Scratching my head. Um, but when that first drop hit my lips. You, you so knew good. it was worth so it. good. <laughs> when that first drop. <laughs> um, yeah, just absolutely outstanding. And then the second part of that question is, yeah, Cotters is going okay. Um Cotters has been a revelation for oh, me. I, I, did you say revelation? Revelation's a bit big, isn't it? Yeah, but no, he's taken a big step forward. Like it, once upon a time, I wondered whether we could rely on Cotters, mm-hmm. and I just think he's taken a massive step forward. He, he's far from a finished product, and he's got a lot of improvement. But he is a young guy. We know how well he runs, and he's obviously working hard at improving his game. He's been given the opportunity. He's the and, soldier ant Timbo. No, look, he is, but he's but he is better than that now. He, he is improving. Mm. Uh, the LMC, is it just me, or are they actually getting better with the, quote, in-game experience at Marvel? Pumping out a few rocking tracks and show some highlight clips on the big screens pre-match, we might have also set a world record for the most ham-related ads at a sporting event yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, Barclays Smokehouse yes. is getting bang for their buck. Whatever Absolutely. they are paying the football club, yep. they are getting an enormous return on investment because, wowee. I didn't think it. While I was watching it, but now that you mention it, a lot I of ads absolutely saw it. Absolutely, <laughs> there's a lot of ads for the grandmother ham yep. that pop up. Uh, I yeah, I think that the in-game experience is actually it's it's very difficult because I only go to Carlton games, so I actually don't know unless we play an away game at the venue what against do. the Bulldogs or yep. some Kilda yep. or whoever. I actually can't really compare it to other teams, but it does feel like it's evolving and not too bad. Yep. It does feel like it's sort of becoming its own thing, which is good. Um, what else have we got? What have we got? Matt H has sort of said, a little bit like we did earlier, I'm slightly concerned with our ball movement and forward 50 connection. We go too slow too often. We don't take full advantage um, of the game's two key premier forwards. We sort of touched on that earlier in that particularly against the gettable teams, be a bit more cavalier. Yep. I think that's probably fair enough. Matty B, if I'm ever in legal trouble, any chance I can get Sean to represent me in court, I feel like I can't lose. Tenacity and never give up attitude is seriously impressive. With Pitto and Marchie ready to go... You will be paying him by the hour, though. Just just bear that in mind. I, I would probably accept Ribena at this stage <laughs> if you've got uh, connections and you can get me some bottles. Um, the Printercast do faux really well. Faux medical is a speciality. Why not faux legal? <laughs> I'm, I like I'm it. with you. I like it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's quite good. Uh, what else? I was well, I saw one earlier. What was I looking for? Well, while you're looking for it, I've just I I was able to do a bit of work at home and was watching the World Athletics Championships oh, no. at the same Where's time. Where's the mute button? <laughs> <coughs> Swedish fella, oh. Mondo Duplantis broke the world record in the pole vault. That you could have given me <laughs> a million guesses at who this guy, Mondo Duplantis. Mondo Duplantis is his name. He's coached by his dad. What's his dad's name? I don't know. Might be Amand or something like that. Uh, Amand Asante <laughs> Duplantis, whatever his name is. <laughs> For some reason that came to me. But um, broke the world record, 621 he jumped. In and the what, sorry? A pole vault. Okay. And which, when done right, is as good a thing as there is How to How does watch. that pole not break? Well, they showed a decathlete and it... It not only snapped because when it snaps, it snaps in the middle, and it's you know where where the 
the greatest. It's carrying so much force. It is. And, and like the guy kept on holding his hand afterwards. And it almost seemed like he might have busted his hand doing it. But when it when it broke, a couple of bits splintered off as well. Yeah. It did. It exploded. And um, and it wasn't a fun sounding noise either. But what ever uh, happened? Remember, Steve Hooker went from being the best in the world yeah. to petrified of jumping. It was Carlton Man, by the way. Steve Hooker, shout out! Unbelievable. Yeah, there you go. He yep. he just went from being the the world champion gold medalist, I believe. Yeah, he won a world definitely won a world championship. Um, did he win an Olympic gold medal? Don't know that he did. He certainly won a world championship. Yeah, but. He might have won an Olympic gold medal. I'm oh, not. But I, 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 I'm gonna look this up because I he, can't commit to it. But, but he yeah. he went from just being this unbelievable um, exponent yeah. of the pole vault to petrified. Yeah. Of competing, it was bizarre. And you petrified went, of competing or fucking up and missing. He the... just didn't want to compete. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was like he would go into these his events and he was always really. Um, um, anxious. Anxious and lobbying to do the whole. You know, all of us go through if we don't jump. Yeah, okay. Sort of thing. And you're kind of going, yeah, that's fine, but you're going to have to go eventually. Correct. It was it was weird. He's standing there with a gold medal, Beijing. There you go. So here you go, Beijing. So where does his run come a cropper here, do we think? Probably 2011-ish by the looks of this. So he had 2008 Olympic golds, 2019 World Championships gold. 2010, he won the World Indoor in Doha. Yep. Commonwealth Games gold in 6 and 10. World Cup gold in Athens in 06. Continental Cup, of course. <laughs> Who can forget that? International, the I, uh, IAAF Continental Cup was an international track and field competition organised by the IAAF. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, that was in 2010 in split. Yeah, so I reckon 11 or 12, he just completely fell off the horse. Yeah. Is there any article about this? Personal life, tired... Joined the six meter club, finished fourteenth, failed uh, in the final at uh, the London Games. Yeah, yep. there's nothing about his complete mental collapse in regard to the pole vault. But obviously, the six meter club is a very elite group, and Sergei Bubka was the first to clear six meters, and he was he was that guy that had the happy knack of breaking the world record by one centimeter, both indoor and outdoor, every year. That's all you have to do, mate. But it's all and like, and why would you do any more if you've and, and and it was always sort of thought when he was at his peak, he probably could have gone further, but this kid's just taking it to a whole other level. Well, because that's one of the longest standing records. Yeah. Because I suppose the the fun thing about the pole vault as a discipline, um, probably more so than a lot of the field events, is that technology, whether it be discus or shot put or hammer or javelin, yeah, it's the same equipment, techniques evolve, people get bigger and they're fitter. Yeah. Whereas the pole vault isn't necessarily – about that technique, there's lot, yeah. There's a lot of speed, speed absolutely, and power, absolutely. But in terms of, but it's body control, yeah. And, and yeah that's a record, core. a little bit like high jumps, a bit like that yep, as well. Yep. Where it is, which Australia, so, Australia woman, yes, uh, Eleanor Patterson won that um, one. It's so fascinating when those records get challenged because they do stand for so long. Unlike your, your traditional track events, which you kind of the evolution of, they just people just get quicker. Correct. So. Um, yeah, good on him. What's the guy's name? Mondo. Mondo Duplantis. Mondo Duplantis. Pride of Sweden. Pride, yeah. Well, for the time being. Correct. <laughs> um, Jimmy Faz, which fans are worse, Collingwood, Essendon or Richmond, both in person and on socials? Um, There's something about Richmond supporters at the moment that are very, yeah, very I don't know. Collingwood, Collingwood fans are, Jesus, they're a... They're a special breed. Wow. 
first-hand experience of them, they are unbelievable. Um, yeah, Richmond Richmond are ordinary. They're pretty feral. They can't – we've spoken before. They can't handle their success. Yep. And now that it's over, they're, it's, they're, they're going to implode. It's made them even nuttier. Like that whole thing reason. about Shai Bolton and, and like his carry-on and all like, that sort of stuff. Well, they've, hey, they've been largely rubbish since as the Carlton that moment. Che- as the Carlton Cheer Squad pointed out, let's have a look at the before and after that moment, yep, yep. fellas. Hasn't been good since. Um, yeah, Collingwood, geez, just when you think that someone's usurped Collingwood, a Collingwood fan will emerge from the darkness to remind you, hey, no, no, we're, we're, I we're, am <laughs> the biggest idiot here. <laughs> uh, we'll go one more. Uh, what are we looking for? Looking for one more. A lot of stuff about H. And while you're looking... Did you see the Ian Thorpe This Is Your Life last night? No, I did not. Was Peter Van den Hoogen band on yeah, it? He yeah, he was on. Yeah, I knew yeah. it. The ad gave it away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so a whole heap of people came out, but um, Gary Hall Jr. came out. And Gary Hall Jr. was the Gary guy that Jr. said that- Smash him like yeah, guitars. Smash him like guitars. And when he first came on the scene, he would stand behind the box in shadow box. So he was a very, very much a showman. And like he could seriously swim. Um but he was a very, very big personality. He came out, and I swear to God, he he was dressed like a seventies pimp. <laughs> he's dressed was... like uh, what's, what's the guy's name? What's the uh, um, from Starsky and Hutch? Huggy Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much <laughs> like that. And it was like he is so comfortable in his own skin, and he always has been. You know what's funny about that too? Like, so he's a swimmer, bit of a rock star swimmer. Yeah, but absolutely. That's not generally what you associate that no, level of. Absolutely confidence not. with absolutely not. But there's like he, he yeah it's because Michael Phelps was very understated, very, very much boring. So. My dad maintains he saw him on a tour bus in London. It may very well have. It, I think he goes. I'm almost certain it was him. Yep. Um, just completely just rolling around London yep. on an open top bus. Um, this is the most decorated Olympian of all time. Yep. And then he can blend. Just well, I'm telling you, if if you get a chance after this to Google. Gary Hall Jr.'s get up, try blending in what <laughs> Gary Hall Jr. was wearing last night. You could maybe at a brothel. Well, yeah, or at um, like a disco or in, in, in 70s, Rio somewhere. Seventies roller disco. <laughs> um, that's one of the great calls of Dennis Cometti's career. The four by one hundred. Yeah, still one of my favourite. We've spoken about this in the past, oh, Tim. It's mate. an amazing Olympic. It's arguably Australia's greatest ever Olympic moment. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. We don't even need to go into it, but we probably will. But what is sad is they trotted out Christopher Feidler. Oh, no. They trotted out... Klim? Uh, Michael Klim. Yeah. Ashley Callis. Yeah. Nowhere to be seen. Oh. Which is a bit sad. Maybe maybe he couldn't make it. Maybe. He is alive, though. No, there is... I mean, maybe he just couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. he's like, look, I can't be there on that day. Can yeah, you move it? Yeah. And they're like, no. No. We've got Gary Hall Jr. coming in. Yeah, he's, he's rented his 1973 Cadillac. <laughs> uh, last question here. MP, how long does it take you to finish a bottle of Ribena? The second person to write in a question, a two-parter, with the second part of the question being about cotters. About cotters, yeah. Um, look, it depends how thirsty I am, but uh, I can tear through. I can tear through it pretty quickly, to be honest, because it is incredibly um, delicious. And once you get a taste of it, it's very, very, very hard to put it away. <laughs> Uh, Cotter's most important player of the season, improved player, sorry. Most improved player. Lewis Young, we didn't really have uh, a gauge on where he was at. Yeah. Um, and to me, he's been the guy that when we had a time of need and really needed him to step up, I, I think Lewis, to me, is head and shoulders 
above others, but that's just because I just didn't know what his starting point was. Mm. But having seen Cotters and what he was giving us, he's a lot more important and valuable and contributes more rather than just being a, um, a, a, pl- a place filler, which is what I felt last year he was doing a bit too much of. Mm. Um, so it's very close. Like it. Well said. It's time for a Johnny Rain Cloud. Carrying this segment on my back. At least there's no Fabian here to... I do have one. Yes. But I think I may be piggybacking on others and it's a very common complaint at the moment. Give it to me. So Elise and I stayed a night in the city on Saturday night, right? We had to wait for Babysitter to come around before we could head in. Um... And that was at five o'clock. And, but you could check in at like three or whatever it was, two or three o'clock. And then I just said to Elise, you just go in on your own and I'll wait and I'll drive in and I'll park somewhere in the city and you just get a couple of hours to yourself and all that sort of stuff. So we order, order an Uber, 36 bucks to get in the city. Pretty good from Don Vale Way. Yep. 11 o'clock yesterday morning, get the Uber on the way home, $75 at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Surge pricing, Timbo. Who's going anywhere? Or was it just that it was because you're going out of the city? This is the problem that I have largely with Uber, is that there's no certainty. It was weird. And then even then, we ended up going, we took, we used the cabs app instead, 1-3 cabs. and 1-3 cabs, 1-3 cabs. <laughs> and, and she got home for like $52. So it yeah. was 20 bucks cheaper. That's but a it Ming's just, beef with black beans. That's exactly right. So in the end, it was a it was a strange little occurrence, but without any logic behind it. It is odd, and I I am, uh, yeah. That that's that's to me. You need some certainty. Yep. With that kind of stuff, you need to kind of go. Okay, well, it's thirty six bucks yesterday. I don't need it to be thirty six dollars on the nose. But forty five would be nice. But not double. Not double. You'd be kind of going. That doesn't track with me. Yep. But their attitude might be that. And this is again, it's your fault. You're you're in this industry. Well, oh, oh, if I go out to Donvale, I won't be able to get a fear, so I'm gonna have to come back. It's like, well, that's how it goes. Correct. That's the luck of the draw. Yeah, you might get out to Donvale and be trapped there for weeks <laughs> doing fares. One of my favourite Uber stories of all time was when I was over in the UK and I was taking, I was going to Paris maybe, and I had to go to. Gatwick Airport, which hell hellish nightmare to get to, to be honest. Yeah. Because you've got to go to Victoria Station, and there's the Gatwick Express. Yeah, good stuff. You reckon they could have done any communication that on this particular Saturday morning, Gatwick Express ain't running. Wow. So you go, this is beautiful. The Victoria Station was basically boarded up when we got there, which I thought was bizarre for a major fucking station. We're all walking around the front. They'd sold us tickets, mind you, for this Gatwick Express, yep. which wasn't running. And we get in and we end up having to get on this bus out to the middle of fucking nowhere to get another bus out to the airport. And everyone's looking around going, this is a nightmare. Like my flight's in no time. Yep. A little bit of forewarning. I've, I've actually almost co-opted your Johnny Raincloud into my own Johnny Raincloud <laughs> about a story five years ago. <laughs> so we get out to this ridiculous bus stop. We're waiting for this bus to come and get us to take us to the airport. And I'm standing there going, I've just got to roll the dice on an Uber. Maybe I just got to roll the dice. So anyway, open up the Uber app. Nothing. Okay, fuck. Because it's about five thirty in the morning or something, like yeah. six o'clock. And ah, shit. This is disastrous. We're going to be delayed. I'm going to. This is not good. Anyway, I'm holding there the Uber app, and I'm going. Oh yeah. This one little guy like just flicks on, 
and I like book him. And he rolls back around and he goes, what is going on? He goes, I rolled past. I had another fare. I rolled past. I was about to clock off for the night, but I thought I'd swing back around because he goes, why are there 80 people at a bus stop at six in the morning at this strange outpost? And he goes, yeah, I was just going to clock off. He'd work through the night. And we told him, he goes, oh, I guess that happens more regularly than it probably should. Yep. Where this major train line out to the airport, they're just like, no, we're not running. Yep. We're done. Do you want to tell the passengers? Avoid the Gatwick Express. And so then what happened? Well, he got us to the airport in time and I actually, I hitched a ride of these two, uh, they might have actually, it might have been Mondo. I think they were Swedish. (laughs) These two tourists go, oh, do you mind? Are you getting an Uber? And I said, yeah, I think I've got one. And they said, oh, do you mind? Do you want to? I was going to say, I hope you've yeah, shared Yeah, no, this he goes, he's guy all that to me and he just goes, are you, have you, are you trying to get one? And I said, yeah, I think, I, think, I think I've got him. And he goes, oh, do you mind if we go halves? I said, yeah, not a problem. And in the end, because I'm a good guy, I shouted him. Well, wait. It was like, like, it was like seven pounds or something. Yeah. It was like eight pounds or whatever. But um, it was just this extraordinary thing where you're going, again, what was this Uber going to cost me? Yeah. Could have cost me anything. Could have cost me... 25 pounds. Yep. And it was just bizarre. Like, what is happening? So when it works, it works. So some communication between Victoria Station, the Gatwick Express. Wouldn't have gone astray. And Gatwick Airport and uh, Air France, or whoever I was flying with, (laughs) uh, would have been magnificent. No, no, my quick Johnny Raincloud is the new Instagram layout that has been foisted upon me. I have no choice but to use it because it's just what I'm on some trial thing while they're, they're tooling it or something. I hate it, and I can't get rid of it. I'm just stuck with it until they. What have you got? No, no, you haven't got it. No, I don't. See, so he passed me my phone. It's just on the bed there. So when I log in, watch. It's just, it's a similar thing, but it's just a little bit different. That's oh, a box of what? So oh, that's no. Hold on, that's the wrong one again. I've got too many accounts. So I'll contrast it here. So this is the Box Hill like homepage. Yeah. Yeah, so standard, standard, yeah, yeah. standard. That's what I'd expect to see. Yeah. So then I go. Great, great pod, by the way. So then I go to mine. Look at this. That's weird. It's like TikTok. Yeah. It's shit. If I wanted it to be, t- I love these little action figures, though. I don't think they're making them. Um, this guy, Golden Era of Wrestling, he's like designed his own line of like retro figures. How good. And they're all in that style, and they're they're beautiful. They're really striking and fun, like artistically. Like it a lot. I don't think he can make them because of licensing. Yeah. So it's a shame. But, yeah, look, it's terrible. It's like it's uh, – I hate it so much. Who was that? That was uh, Sam Rockwell. There we go. Yeah. All right. That's uh, the Johnny Raincloud. Terrible experience getting out to – where was I? Red Hill or something? I was just stuck out there. Down the morning to Peninsula? No, I was in the UK. All right. And we were all going, where are we – where are you taking – this is like Wolf Creek. It's like, yeah. where are you taking us? <laughs> Um, excellent stuff, Timbo. Faber Faber Ganoush, obviously not here. Hopefully, be back. On yeah, the we hope week. he's going well. He's had a tough week, and uh, he needs a little bit of luck with his health. That's for sure. We said, reach out to him, show him some love. He'll say he doesn't want it, but he's—I think he's itching for it. Yeah, I think he's itching for some cuddles and some arms and some. Hope you're going all right, Fab. So, I won't be doing it. So, if you do it, then I'll be good, and then I can say that I told you to do it, and and you were the catalyst for making him feel better. Spot on. Yep. Timbo, it's been a pleasure again. Always um, a pleasure. Oh, shit. I don't have a Johnny, what is it called? A printer DJ at the moment. Really? I'll think about it. We'll have to work it out. Timbo, thank you very much. Do it again. Yes, it's always a pleasure, Sean. Excellent. We'll catch you all next weekend. Come on, the Mighty Blues.